Welcome, everyone, to the Great Gundam Project. This is episode 18. I haven't checked. I could be wrong. It I'm is, Jackson. it is, it is, it is, it is. I'm correct. Hooray. I'm Jackson. I'm joined by M. Hello. Hi. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. It is Christmas Eve. We are recording this on Christmas Eve. It's coming out on the 27th, uh, I think. Yes. Think? Yes. yes. Post-boxing day. Boxing, boxing day. Yes. MMA day. Fuck <laughs> off. Oh. oh. Uh, I'm, now you've taken all the energy right away from me with that joke. <laughs> MMA day. Oh, Jesus. That's what comes after boxing. MMA. Yeah, I get it. No, I understand. I, I follow. <laughs> I'm funny. <laughs> I, I know. Weird. How are you? Who's doing it? Hey. <laughs> I'm great. You seem to be in a way, though. I was fine. I got off high energy, and then apparently, with you, uh, with your bad jokes, I. Just... Well, no, not even with that, because all it takes is the lightest person that I completely stumble over myself in every single way. Um, to be fair, you do that all on your own. Yeah, that's what I. That's what I meant. I was like, hang okay. on, this is just who I am. Yeah, no, it's fair. It's fair. It's fair. It's going alright. How are you? Fine. Fine. Uh, I've been watching so much anime, Jackson. I know. How's Valhalla? <laughs> I don't want to talk about other podcasts here. I know. You can I check know. out Novel Not New in January about my feelings about Valhalla. I'm only like a third into it. Right now, I don't like it very much. Yep. Uh, you've not actually been watching any anime. I've been watching Deep Space Nine, the most anime of all. That's true. Peak anime. Dex literally separated all of her prior selves into the other people and talked to them all. I can't think of anything more anime than that. That is very fair. That is maybe the most anime thing that happens in all of Star Trek. Mm, mm, you haven't watched Voyager yet. That's not That's true. That's true. That is fair. I don't know if I... <laughs> uh, this is not for this podcast, but I have been watching Enterprise. Enterprise is fucking stupid sometimes. <laughs> You're in like maybe one of the most... It's not like the worst part, but it might be the most weirdly tedious part of Enterprise. <laughs> yeah. Captain Archer, like imprinted himself as a like parent on a bunch of bugs i remember led... that episode being really funny so <laughs> it's really so at first i was like mad about how dumb it was uh because everyone was acting out of character but then i realized it and then everyone was like staging mutinies because uh he got some like bug juice on his face and went insane yeah. and that's the plot because they've been making star trek for like 25 years with the same people and oh god <laughs> whose fetish is scott bacula covered in bug juice that's my question oh it's got to be someone he, he basically gets sprayed with bug jizz like it's <sighs> anyway anime and star trek these are the things that we podcast about we have an email before we get into this okay yes we've got some things to address <laughs> so we got an email from joy friend of the show oh also i just wanted to say um in the discord a lot of people have been coming in saying that they came to us through gundam and have just like been right. enjoying the rest of our stuff and thanks everybody because we totally assumed that this well I assumed this show would mostly be people who already listened to all of our bullshit and just came along for this ride too. And I'm glad that you are all here because of this podcast and have now been infected with the rest of our garbage. Uh, yes, thank you very much. Uh, I definitely got like nervous in a way of like, oh wait, maybe I should be better on Gundam. 
not the easy podcast. <laughs> Uh, yeah, speaking of being better at Gundam, we got an email yeah. from Joy. <laughs> yeah. The email reads, the thing is, a colony is not a side. A side is a collection of a ton of colonies, the colonies being the cylinders with the cities inside, that as a whole make up their own independent body. Side 3 is the Principality of Xeon. Side 6 and 7 are neutral. Sides 1 and 4 are ruined. This is all stuff that is said in the show, or in a few cases it's implied but not stated, and the clarification comes from the manga. But y'all keep calling individual colony sides, and I'm not sure you realized, because there's only been a couple brief shots so far of multiple colonies floating together to make up a side. To be fair, they do say, we are going to side six. We have landed on side six. What happened on side six? So I just assumed, like, I got that side six space was a bigger thing than just that, uh, yeah. that, that satellite. And like Xeon's, like, Xeon's big. We get that. Yeah, and I assume that there are multiple, like, bodies in Xeon space, but I still assume there was, like, the original side three that was, like, the Xeon, like, the Xeon satellite or uh, colony, or I, I don't know what the correct term it is, but, like, the actual body of Xeon. Um, so, like, that is a helpful clarification, because I was basically operating on that as principle, but with different details. Oh, the principle of the principality. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> No one asked you. <laughs> I think, in fact, everyone asked me as half of this podcast to find about these things. Ah, oh, that's fair enough. But, yeah, it's... I think Gundam is not the most clear about this, especially in this show. Because it basically will, like... I guess it is very clear about explaining things, but only, like, in tidbits ten episodes apart in the yeah. intros. Also, part of it is, like... I'm I'm using fansub, so I always question yes. the truth of everything I'm reading, especially when it's like big paragraphs of lore text like that. Because I assume at some point it's all going to be overwritten by a, like a show, more modern show. So I should probably mm. stop doing that. Yeah, I mean, like I'm using the official subs, and I don't know. They've I've been just as confused about this stuff as well. Yeah. So I don't know. It is an old show. Thank you for letting us know when we are wrong. Sorry about being wrong. I like I could look this stuff up, but I don't want to look yeah, up. No, no, no. Just send us emails when we're wrong. Podcast at abnormalmapping.com. Yes, we will be happy to take the explanations, but if I start looking up, oh, what's going on with the Gundam stuff, I'll just get the explanations of everything that happens in the early seasons. Yep. If you are someone who's just been listening to all of our podcasts in a row, you know who you are, and you are <laughs> mad at the things we got wrong, please feel free to write in. We will laugh at all of it and then talk about it uh, when we get to it. So please enjoy our show. I apologize, but yes, that is... I do not apologize. This is our <laughs> no. earnest takes on watching Gundam. Anyone who is watching Gundam could easily make these mistakes or novel mistakes we did not make. I say we do all right, considering. We do okay. We do okay. But yes, yeah. that is the big That is the big thing. Uh, we get a lot of um, opinions in the Discord, people letting us know. Having that has made much more people like engage with the bullshit that we have said. So if you want to yell at us about things, feel free to email us at, or, or, or come into the Discord and tell us that we're wrong directly to our faces online. But that's that's that. That's housekeeping. We've not actually watched anime. We don't really have anything else to talk about except Gundam. So let's get into the episodes. Episode 36 is called Big Zam's Last Stand. Oh, you mean Be Afraid, the mobile Big Zam. I, I do mean that. Sorry, that's exactly what I meant. That's way better. <laughs> yeah, it's way better. <laughs> Be Afraid, the mobile Big Zam. God, that's good. What happens here? 
The battle rages on at Solomon Base. Slagerlaw comes in to refuel his ship and rest briefly, and Bright, Bright notices that Mariah is constantly worried after him. Being noble and telling her to go talk to him, she barges in on him in the cafeteria and is very tearful about being worried after his safety. Slager leaves to return to the fight, telling her that her feelings are misplaced, and I could have told you that because he fucking hit her like two episodes ago, Mariah, what are you doing? Anyway, yeah. Slugger gives her a ring to remember him by, and the two bump into each other as the white base is rocked by an explosion, and they kiss, and Slugger heads off, clearly about to die because this is too doomed to continue. On the moon, Cassilia's at the base Granada, ready to launch her own fleet led by Makuve to head toward Solomon and provide backup. They come across the women and children of Solomon in their escape rocket, and Makuve has to be convinced to rescue them because Makuve is the purest monster in this entire show. Armor and company rage through Solomon, quickly gaining ground until they reach the Big Zam, piloted by Dazzle, which quickly begins destroying the Federation forces. Their weapons simply bounce off the armor of the Big Zam, and its beam vaporizes the entire hallways of troops. Amuro follows the trail of melted mobile suits, only to watch the Big Zam take off out into space as the white base heads in pursuit of the giant mobile armor. As it opens fire on the Federation command ships, its giant beam capable of taking out ships in a single blow. Amuro docks the Gundam into the G-Armor, and he and Slugger rush inside the magnetic field that keeps the big Zam from being fired upon. Once they reach inside, Amuro is able to fire up inside the interior of the Zam, but not before the Zam's big feet catch the G-Armor and tear apart the cockpit, venting Slugger law into space. Amuro pulls the Gundam out of the wreckage of the G-Armor and cuts into the Zam with his sword, and the blowhards of both sides of the woe die as Amuro watches Dazzle climb onto the outside of his dead mobile suit to fire on the Gundam uselessly with a rifle before the Zam explodes. Solomon is destroyed, but Amuro wonders about the massive force of ill will that Vice Admiral Dazzle was as he tells Mirai about Slagerlaw's sacrifice and Mirai grieves. In better news, Hiata's recovering, the orphans are fine, and Makuve is coming to get his as we fade to black. The end. This is a surprisingly light episode for how climactic it should be. Nothing actually happens, it's just a kind of a Gundam episode. I guess Slagerlaw dies, no one cares. Uh, um, I mean, also, Dazzle dies, nobody cares. <laughs> yes, yes, two deaths that nobody cares but, about. But, but he it, does He does turn into the specter of a giant ghost man with his rage before he dies. <laughs> I was gonna say, so his death scene is amazing. Yes. Like, the episode itself has been kind of rote, and it's like, okay, there is a new prototype Gundam, uh, a new prototype mobile suit that is gonna get owned by the Gundam, there will be some kind of sacrifice with uh whatever doomed relationship is burgeoning right now all of this very by the numbers extremely gundam and then you get to the ending and Dazzle walks out on top of the big zam and just starts shooting his gun <laughs> and it's, it's the coolest shit because you get like the shot of the big zam and it pulls back to see like the scale of the gundam dwarfing the big zam which in turn is all dwarfing this one dude standing on top of it and then, like, th- this, like, vampire bat emerges from behind him. Yes. It's it's pretty cool. Uh, the way the new type stuff is, like, coming into its own now as that is, like, very clearly a presence in the show, um, even though it's not really been talked about, unless, especially by No, Amarai. next episode, next episode. But th- there's, like, a shot of him jumping away in, like, a black void, and then the Gundam does that exact reaction. Yep. Uh, that isn't, like, commented on, but it's a very cool communication of, oh, this this guy has just, like, become one with this machine with his sixth sense of special boyness. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It's it's cool. It is way cooler than the episode deserves, considering it's all about fucking Mariah falling for Slegger. Ugh. Ugh. I was so mad. <laughs> yep. Uh... Two soldiers have to convince Makuve that, no, you have to go rescue these people. They are people. <laughs> oh, Makuve sucks. Oh, he's the worst. All the worst. characters that died in, like, one episode and Makuve's still here. Yeah, no, I mean, he, like, he might be, like, the most actually evil person aside from, uh, 
what's his face? Uh, Deglin and Girin, like the actual giant space Nazis. Outside of them, Makuvi is clearly the most contemptible person on the show. He's just the most generically evil. Like, he yep. just sucks. Yeah. He doesn't really have anything going for him, even as being an interesting villain. Yep. No. And in a world where, like, the Xeon are often very honorable, he just he's just fucking evil and slimy, and I hate him. I can't wait for him to die. <laughs> oh, me too. So, me too. what's going on with Mariah Jackson? Please try to explain <sighs> to me why she is like this. Is it because just because the show the is 70s. made in the 70s? Yeah, that's... It's the 70s, it's anime, it, like... I want I want together. to I want to like just say like I feel like that on some level is like a lazy thing but also maybe it's just lazy writing that she's been Friday's child like for real. Oh I mean this is like this is incredibly lazy on the show's behalf. Yeah. Like I'm not saying that every anime from the 70s would do this uh, cuz I bet like an anime today would still do something like this probably not as explicit but you know um it just sucks. It's very lazy writing, especially considering that, like, Bright and Mariah are clearly a power couple never to be destroyed. Um, and she's just like, oh, Slegger, come back to me. Why? I, and it's... He punched her in the face! Yep. Yeah. He no. punched her in the face! And now, like, Bright's just being all noble about it and shit. Like, no, go. I understand. She's not feeling well. She's relieved of duty. Come back when you're ready. Like, come on, Bright. Don't be like this now. Of all the times. (laughs) Fucking times, yeah. Everyone just acts in his... Especially considering, like, three episodes ago, Mariah was, like, reunited with her lost love and was just the ice cold, destroyed that man, left him behind, Rip, uh, what, oh shit, what was his name, Cameron? Yeah, I mean, he's still uh, alive, but he's Rip still alive, in a, but Rip his heart, yes. Um, uh, maybe, Bright, now, maybe Bright is actually like three-dimensional chess master and knows that there is no <laughs> chance that Mirai would ever end up with Slicker Law. I mean, like, the, the way Bright is played in these episodes and the way he, like, is there for Mirai, but in a way of like, oh, it's fine if you talk to Slicker. I'm the most non-threatened by this. Yeah, <laughs> oh. No. It's very ridiculous. I don't know. I, I did not like the Slugger stuff. I just, I don't, I think it's very disrespectful to Mariah's character, who's been mostly fine. She's been yep. coping with stuff. She's not, like, gonna fucking fall for this idiot, like, cartoon. He's, he goes and he's eating hamburgers, like, downing hamburgers. <laughs> to be fair, he's, like, been fighting for, like, hours and comes in to, like, re, he, like he's like, the ship needs to be refueled and I need to be re- re- refueled too, because he's an American and that's how they tar. I'm not saying that he doesn't need to eat. I'm saying that this is an anime and they have their American character come in and down hamburgers. As an American, if I was yeah. busy piloting in a war and had a downtime, I would also down hamburgers before going back to the war. I mean, that, like, that's fine. I'm not saying that it is wrong to down hamburgers. It's not. It's just cartoonish. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> good thing this is a cartoon. Very good thing. <laughs> oh, it sure is. There's some real cartoonish stuff about to happen. But I guess that's that's my main feelings on this episode. There's not really much else. No, I mean, uh, Slagerlaw literally on. gets, his ship gets torn apart around him and he gets hard vacuumed and rip him. Rip him. Uh, Duzzle's death is great. Yep. Um, that's it. Nothing else happens. He sends his men off to survive, which is cool. It is a particularly gruesome scene when Amro is like running past these mobile suits that have just been like melted into slag. Yes. <laughs> It's a big battle. Yeah. 
but I, I guess a bunch of other shirts. Like, I don't know. A lot happens, but not in a very like you know. A lot happens in Gundam in the background all the time. Yeah, no, the next big battles aren't the what matter. It's the interpersonal conflict, which is why next episode I have so many more words to tell you about. <laughs> yeah, so let's just get into it because this is the moment everyone has been waiting for for thirty six episodes. Episode 37 is called The Duel in Texas. It is called that, yes. You can't call it anything else. No, it's the perfect name. (laughs) Who would ever call it anything other than The Duel in Texas? Yeah, no. God. (laughs) So we're already set up with the best story, uh, like the best title for any episode in this entire show so far. Yeah, so this is the big climactic episode that's been built up to for 37 episodes, and it's called The Duel in Texas. Also, hilariously, uh, it aired, if you look at these air dates in um, uh, on the side here, obviously the uh, Japanese ones are all 1979, but the um, US ones are all like 2001 and they're like daily. Uh, at least they are until now, because this one aired on September 10th, 2001. Oh, yeah. The next one airs in April 2002. Yeah, I know. Advance Wars came out this day. God! <laughs> All right! Ooh. You could be watching The Duel in Texas while playing your mobile handheld combat game. <sighs> Different time. Yep. Anyway. And then wake up the next day, take a nice sip of your war tea, and uh, uh, check the internet. Or the new- cable news. I guess there wasn't social media, so you weren't even checking Facebook in 2001. There was no Facebook, it's true. Right, we've stalled enough. It's time to hit me with the summary. It's a long one, let's go. Zeon hears about the defeat of Solomon, and Sovereign Degwin tells Giran that of course Dahl's the fuck up who got owned. Giran, mad, <laughs> declares that the final battle will be fought at the stronghold of Abe, uh, what is, Abaoku, I assume? If you have you a have better a way to pronounce uh, No, it's A-B-A-O-A-Q-U. Abaoku, yes. Gundam names are ridiculous. Uh... There's downtime on the white base. Bright sleeps in a cot on the bridge. Amro gets a checkup, and Frau Bo comments just how strong Amro's become. And she asks about what happened to him on side six. Amro has a moment where he remembers he's just a teen, and it's nice, but fleeting, as the rest of the plot happens. The white base is going after enemy strikers from Solomon, and has entered the Texas Zone, a colony built to raise cattle in space before being abandoned during the war. It's here that Char and Lala have parked, preparing their forces as Char asks after the few people who might still be living on the Texas colony. He spots the white base, but as a ship has no weapons and Makube's forces are nearby, leaves the fighting to the Zeon fleet. Makube readies his attack and prepares to fight himself in the mobile suit Gyan in an attempt to upstage Char before he can get the mobile suit he needs to take on the Gundam. The Gyan is his personal suit, a mobile suit designed after a medieval knight with a short sword and shield, is exactly the kind of ostentation bullshit Makube would pilot. His orders? His ships are to drive the Gundam towards Texas, where he will fight with Amuro personally while they engage the white base. Meanwhile, Char and Lala ride through the interior of Texas in a horse-drawn carriage, as another Xeon soldier remarks that Lala has a very high accuracy rating in battle simulations. The narrator helpfully explains that the mirror systems to light Texas have been broken for months, leaving the colony in endless twilight and devastating the ecosystem, leaving it a barren wasteland. Either way, Lala has a sense of something coming, and as the other soldier talks about brainwave revenances, Lala laughs and says someone like her is approaching. Who could it be? The fade cut to Amro's face clearly means nothing. Amro is led dutifully towards Makuve, and the two of them face off in the asteroids outside Texas. Makuve tries an obvious ambush and thinks it works, but Amro avoids the hidden cannons and chases the fleeing Makuve into the Texas colony. As Amro is finding his way inside, Shar and Lala are talking about whether she's ready to pilot something called the Elmeth, and Shar talks about how she's destined to be a better pilot than him, and that's why he had the Flanagan Institute inside Six Racer. 
They're interrupted by news that Makube is inside Texas and planning to engage the Gundam, and Shar gets into a pr the prototype Gelgoog to go make sure Makube doesn't get killed trying to show him up. He launches as he instructs Lala to fall back to position to watch the Gundam do battle. The Gundam encounters trap after trap inside Texas as he pursues Makuve. Makuve watches the Gundam avoiding these ambushes and wonders aloud if, Namro, if Amuro is one of those new types he's heard so much about. The Galgoog fires on Amuro from above, and Amuro and the Red Comet engage once again in a dramatic firefight, for Makuve butts in and literally pushes aside the Galgoog and yells at Char for trying to upstage him. He orders Char back and rushes the Gundam, fencing at Amuro who barely dodges the strikes and pulls out his own beam swords to attack. Shar and Lala both watch the fight, but Lala is stunned to sense a strange power rating from the Gundam. As Amuro pulls out both swords and strikes a killing blow against the Gyan, she's horrified by this killing intent and wishes the battle to be over so hard that Amuro senses the thought and it shakes him from his battle focus just as Makube explodes. Shar leaps to protect Lala with the body of his mobile suit. Makube is dead and Amuro watches on in bewilderment. Amuro wonders after this sense of something other out there brushing against his mind and the two of them exchange names through the strange power of abstract backgrounds as the Gundam stands victorious, but Amuro is more confused than ever about what's actually going on with him in this war. The end. <laughs> A lot happened. It's like, ignoring all the actual stuff that matters and has been the focus of the show. I don't care. I don't give a shit. The cowboy colony of Texas. <laughs> So, not only the Cowboy Colony of Texas, but, like, it's been cast now into this eternal twilight, and then Amro's, like, hiding behind giant doors that just dwarf the Gundam as he's sneaking in. It is the coolest shit this show has ever done. Shah is riding a horse-drawn carriage through Texas. Yep, and then uh, two mobile suits have a knife fight in it. <laughs> and one of them's a medieval knight. Yes. <laughs> Gundam's so good. Yeah, no, this is this is an episode I remembered very fondly, and I'm glad we're finally here. <laughs> what a what a stupid television show! I love it so dearly. Yeah, no, because Makube can't actually fight. Like he has this ridiculous suit that is clearly built to like be like a fencing Count Dooku suit, right? And then the actual thing he does is just lay like ten thousand traps. <laughs> the peak Makube. <laughs> yes, hundred percent. Unfortunately, he's dealing with a boy with special powers, so the special powers win. Uh, I like the twist from the Gundam being, oh, how can we ever beat the Gundam? It's too strong. Uh, to how can we ever beat Amuro? It's too strong. Like that happens really slowly over time. Yeah. Uh, and now it is fully like the other thing. Yeah. Um, no. If 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 the Gundam was piloted by anybody else, it would be dead by now, hundred percent. Because at first you just think, oh, the Gundam's just that strong, and this boy has to deal with it. But the the gradual shift to the position we're in now has been very interesting to watch well yeah remember uh, remember when people were afraid of like three zakus and now like the white base while this is all happening i didn't even write it down has been killing like hundreds and hundreds of like rick doms uh kai like brings one into his face and like blams it and shoots it across space and it's so cool yep. kai's holding his own up there it's great yep and then Shar gets another red mobile suit which is just like a super zaku the Gelgoog is really bad design in my opinion uh, yeah, no, it's like, what if uh, the Zaku was a Digimon? You know, it sucks. <laughs> it really is that. God. <laughs> yeah. You do get you do get the amazing scene where, like, they're redding the Galgoog, and this guy runs up to Shar, and he's like, why don't you put on a spacesuit? And he's like, I don't wear a spacesuit. I'm either coming back or I'm going to die in space. Peak Shar. Yeah, Also, no. like, of course everyone loves Shar. That's the most fucking every single one of my Twitter followers thing to say. <laughs> you know? <laughs> It is, as they say, a big mood. Yeah, no. Of course. Shar's ridiculous. But I also like that he's like, no, Lala, just go watch this. See what happens. 
please be my protege and watch Makuve get owned. And then he tries to save Makuve and Makuve insists on getting owned. <laughs> they literally have a conversation where he goes, You're, you appear to be getting owned. Would you like some help with that? And Makuve is like, excuse me, if I am going to get owned, that is my prerogative. Please allow me to get owned on my own time. Yeah, you've, and- been, you've been trying to steal my honor this entire show. Let me do this. And yeah, Char lets him do this. Sharon it does not go well. <laughs> does not. Sharon and Amro are the only pilots who are allowed to just be pilots without getting owned. <laughs> I mean, Kai did all right. Kai does okay. I guess the other white base can do that, but every single Xeon... Like, it, it's not like there are other good Xeon pilots that are, like, below Shah. It's either you are Shah and you get to survive, or you are not and you get owned. Yeah, there like, Ron Varal was a good pilot, system. but, like, forced into a situation where he had to sacrifice himself, right? Yeah, to be fair, Rubberall did not lose uh, in a mobile suit battle. No, he lost by blowing himself Honor. up. <laughs> he lost by, like, seeing an ancient... Uh, not ancient, seeing the old princess. Yeah. And having a momentary collapse. Yeah. I miss Rumberall. I do. I also miss Rumberall. And Ryu. Yeah. Hayato's uh, fine, though. He's ready to get back <laughs> into the fight. <laughs> Hayato's complaining, like, I'm not even in this episode. <laughs> yeah. And the, the the guy looking after him is just look. It what you want to be sacrificing yourself today too? You yep. want to be doing that really? Okay. No. Lie so down in your bed. I mentioned the thing early on in this moment, like in this episode. There's a bit where like they're doing a checkup on Amro and Frabo seeing his blood pressure, and mm-hmm. she asks him what happened on side six. And for a moment, he just turns into a kid again, and it's the best thing in the world. <laughs> yeah, because he's like has to process what happened. He's like, hang on, wait. I mean, a lot. And, yeah. and he's like, I guess I'll tell you when I figure out what happened, because a lot happened, but... And there's a moment where he's like, oh, thing. right, this is my friend. We were childhood friends up until, like, five months ago when all this went to shit. Yeah, it's a really quiet and sad scene. I love that scene. Yeah. Instead, he's now a psychic boy in, like, weird nebulous abstract spaces. Oh, the abstract spaces are very good. Yeah, when uh, Lala, like, engages with him and there's that, like, shot of just him in the cockpit as it, like, pulls way back and he's just in a kaleidoscope. It's so good. I love this shit. She needs the battle to cease. Yeah. Uh, Too bad she said that right as he was in the middle of cutting Makube's mobile suit in half. Also, that's not a very good uh, thought for someone who is trained to be the super pilot. I mean, have. she's she's been trained to be a super pilot, but the implication to me is that she's never actually shot, shot anyone for real, right? No, I'm just saying it's going to backfire on the Xeons very hard when it found, when they find out they've actually raised like this super-powered uh, telepathic peace wanter. Yeah, well, look. <laughs> I don't. There's I, nothing more peak anime than like a <laughs> super soldier who only wants peace through murdering. Yep, and also through, like, beaming the power of peace into people's minds while murdering. (laughs) Yep. Peak anime. This is the moment where, if Char questions Lala, he will finally know who the Gundam pilot is. That's true, I guess, I guess that's true. Right, because they met the other week, and he's like, huh, you're just a guy, I guess. Yep, he's like, oh, you you like my uniform? I'm a Xeon soldier, (laughs) and then walks away. (laughs) I like that. Shah thinks, oh, it's my uniform and not my fucking mask. Like, no one else wears that mask. That's not the Xeon mask. That's not actually... Also, he's, like, actually famous, and he thinks it's the uniform, and not the fact that he's Shah Osnabel. Yeah. Everyone knows who this dude is. Yep. Yeah, of course he's modest. What an asshole. What a dickhead. (laughs) Uh, This episode's really good. Also, because... um, 
I realized this didn't happen very much when uh, the big fight was happening at the end. Like, they're actually having, like, intercut battles. Yeah. Uh, it cuts from uh, Amaro and Makuve fighting on the ground, like, with a hard cut in the middle of, like, an action right to them in space doing the same thing. And it's a very cool, like, modern-feeling moment of, oh, wait, anime, storytelling, right, yep. yes. The thing I like about very- that is that after, like, 37 episodes, it, the white base doesn't actually need Amaro. Mm-hmm. And that's good to me because the show has so much been about like, oh, without Amaro, we'd be screwed. And no, that's not actually true anymore. Yeah, no, they've got way bigger problems. <laughs> and Amaro is off fighting a fight that actually doesn't matter at all. No, but he has to go do it so the plot can happen. Also, right before he cuts Makuve in half, there's a scene where like a like a herd of cattle run past, and you just see the mobile suits fighting, and it's amazing. Every single time, in, not just in this show, in any show about giant robots that has the giant robots to scale with like regular things, it's always the coolest. Yeah, no, it's never not good. <laughs> it's the easiest shortcut to like some kind of just visceral reaction of how cool it is. Yep. But that's Makuve. Rip him. We are finally free of Makuve. He got more Thank screen God. time than he deserved. His, his last thought was, oh, someone needs to take care of my vase. Make sure it gets to Cassilia. Fuck off, Makuve. Yeah, no, he's... <laughs> he's took long enough. Finally, we are free of Makuve. Yep. Also, Mirai is getting over Slegerlaw already. That happened. I didn't write that down, but she comes back to the bridge. She's like, I think I'm ready to go back to work. And he's like, all right, good she doesn't just do that but she's also like i don't even know what happened there it's fine i'll, I'll be normal now like <laughs> completely brushed off as a, oh we needed some pathos for slegalore's death and my character was sacrificed i'm back to normal now Yep. because <laughs> otherwise no one would care when the guy who punched mariah in the face died <laughs> <laughs> well, the only person who cared anyway was mariah and uh, we all hated it so it's fine we're free we're free back yeah, to free. back to normal well, with only, like, eight episodes left, back to normal. Yeah, no, I mean, things are moving fast. Six, like, six episodes left. Oh, three weeks, three weeks to go. Yeah, no, we're we're at the end here. Oh, we are standing on the edge. Mm-hmm. Now that you're about to do that, we need to leave. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? What do what? I, what do you do? What do I do? Thanks for listening. <laughs> yeah, thanks, everybody. Uh, we'll be back next week with more Gundam bullshit. Please, as always, if you have feedback, you want to tell us we fucked up. Podcast at rollmapping.com. You know the rest of the plugs. Thanks, everyone. Uh, Merry Christmas. Oh, it's off after Christmas. Happy MMA Day. Oh, God. How am I the bad one? Amuro, うちの彼方に輝く
アムロ、お前が捨てた故郷だ。忘れはしない少年の日の誓いを青春をかけ守り抜けこの幸せをアムロ振り向くなアムロ男は寂しさ隠すもの隠すものただ明日へと 明日へと永遠に覚えているかい少年の日のことを温かいぬくもりの中で目覚めた朝をアムロ振り向くなアムロ男は涙を見せぬもの見せぬものただ明日へと明日へと永遠